And we're back. It's no driving gloves. We've got all three of us again. It's amazing. I think this is two weeks in a row that we have all three of us. I guess things are settling into place. Uh, been kind of a hectic week a little bit. Uh, we discussed in the last episode that my house was up for sale. Uh, and that would be the reoccurring theme in each episode. Do Like Will used to recruit for employment. I'd ask people to buy my house. I got two offers within 12 hours, so eh, thanks a lot, guys. I'm not sure if it's one of you that stepped up, but we shouldn't have to talk about my house anymore. Now just listen to me. Three weeks of whining about moving the shop because the furniture is all moved already. So that was my last week of activity, guys. Have you been up to anything or anything exciting? You know, none of mine was carish, but we got we got something pretty exciting going on at the shop right now. Um, David Coker that owns uh, rocket racing wheels called me last Thursday and um, I'm pretty good friends with David and he's developed a new one piece wheel called the rocket attack. It's a um, lightweight semi forged dual direction wheel. Um, pretty, it's pretty neat. And you know, he's a, um, He's a lot like me. He's a, more of a vintage hot rod guy than a pro touring guy. And and this wheel really kind of fits into the pro touring field pretty heavily. And so he's wanting to build an autocross car to showcase his new wheel, the attack. So he called me last Thursday and, and asked me, you know, how busy we were. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we're pretty busy. And, um, anyway, long story short, I wound up shuffling a few things around and we're putting him together a 73 Camaro, um, autocross car in four to five weeks. Hopefully we're, we're trying to have it done in four weeks. That gives us a couple of weeks before the first race. Uh, so anyway, that's, uh, we're hot and heavy on that right now and still trying to get this, um, this 42 Chevrolet truck done. So if you follow us on, on Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff, we're going to start doing a, uh, a video blog on the, uh, on the build of the Camaro to try to build a little bit of hype before uh good guys, Columbus, which is where, um, it's, it's going to really be competing for the first time. We're going to try to, we're going to try to bring it out in Des Moines the weekend before, uh, and, and just get some test passes and stuff on it and try to dial some stuff in. But anyway, so that, that's, that's the most exciting thing happening around here. So what dates good guys, Columbus? Um, it's the second weekend in July. So it'd be like the sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. So. I might see a road trip in my future there. Heck yeah, come on. We'll be there. You'll be in the corner again with the Bryce Radiator guys? Um, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I'm sure that I, you know, I'll be over there a good bit. Um, it just depends on if, um, if we get the 42 there, then I won't be there. I'll be probably somewhere else with the truck and back and forth between it and the uh, autocross course with David and the Camaro. So shaping up to be a pretty busy Columbus. So what's up with you, D-Man? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Is Will is Will done talking finally? Uh, you know, I thought this. Oh, was I can the, go. I, I thought this was the Will hour to. again. You know, I was waiting for an advertisement for employment at his shop. Uh, nobody likes to hear what we do at work, Will. Come on. I mean, all I've been up to is uh, getting ready for an exhibit, and uh, I think we talked about it last week. You know, when this podcast goes out, uh, it'll be install week for the exhibit. Of course, the exhibit is uh, Chevrolet Racing, Louis to Le Mans, and uh, we're going to be looking at some of really the most pivotal cars in Chevrolet Racing history. We're bringing them in to the museum for about six months, and uh, they'll be here from beginning of June. Uh, well, exhibit opens June 11th. And uh, they stay through January, I think it's 4th is the of 2019 is closing. And uh, we've got a few of the cars in uh, undercover, hidden away at the museum right now, but uh, I'll get a few more in next week. So I'm just kind of in the mad rush of make sure all of the graphics and exhibit labels and everything look right, read right, and... Uh, get ready for the big push all these cars over here and then push all of them back here. And then that one doesn't look right there. So move it. And luckily I'm the guy that gets, just gets to direct all that and make everyone else push the cars around. So, uh, that's what I'm doing at work. That's basically what I've been busy with is, uh, just getting this exhibit ready to go so people can come enjoy it. Gotcha. I would also like to add, um, like John mentioned before, when we were kind of chat chatting in the pre-show, um, the this will release on what the week before the power tour starts. Is that right, John? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, this is. We're recording this on May thirtieth, and this episode will release on June fourth. Got gotcha. you. So. Uh, my offer still stands for anybody that's on the power tour. Um, if they want to swing by the shop, like I said, the route is coming right in front of the shop. So it's just a matter of turning off the route, turning into the driveway of the shop. So, um, if that's something you want to do, just, you know, let us know on, on social media and, uh, I'll give you a, a pretty good idea of, of where it's at on the route. And you can stop by and, and see what we got going on. Are they going to be driving Chattanooga to Birmingham on Sunday? No. Or is that on Monday? I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday the 11th or Monday the 11th. Okay, it'll be Monday the 11th, I'm pretty sure. Um, they're leaving Chattanooga and winding around Tennessee some. And then I think they're getting into they may even get into georgia a little bit and then come through uh cherokee county alabama and then um into piedmont and then they get on highway 278 in piedmont and come all the way to gadsden so uh, and they they start like a racetrack down the street from Derek too on the ninth don't they that is correct and then, like I said, when you guys head out of Birmingham, or maybe uh, we're still not sure at Barber's, we'll at least be open, I think, as you're heading out of Birmingham for Atlanta out on I-20 at exit 140. We're not just a just a driveway off the route. We're about a mile and a half. Take exit one, one, 140? Yeah, exit 140 and uh, pop on over if you wanted to see uh, see the museum there if you're on that, on that tour. Um, 
I'm going to see where I can get out to. But obviously, with as I said, selling my house, I might have movers at my house that weekend. I had planned on going up to Bowling Green and following the guys at least through to Birmingham, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Damn life gets in the way of our cars again. And I think that could lead us into our topic. We've been sitting around discussing and how things change in the world and things come and go and you never know what's going to happen. And there's been a lot of press and it's, you know, the, the, the Viper is one of these cars that passed away this year. Uh, it's second time in its life that it's actually passed away and, and been brought back. And it's not, even, you know, they haven't even really put the last shovel of dirt on uh, the Viper. Of course, they did dis- disassemble the uh, assembly line in the plant and are making it kind of the new Fiat Chrysler of America Museum. But the rumors are already that the car may return in 2020. And kind of we're going to, like, yeah. I guess we're going to kind of look at some of these cars and nameplates from the past that have been brought back and whether or not they've been successful, longevity. and But as interesting as it is, this topic was brought to the table by, by Derek, our, our Corvette guy, who I think he sees the Viper, because everybody knows I'm a Chrysler guy and kind of pro-Viper, as a challenge to the Corvette, maybe driving its engineering and making it a better car. Because God knows the Corvette got a lot better after the Viper came on the market in 1992. Well, I mean, I just like to rub it in that Corvette's still in production. It's the longest running production sports car in America and nothing really has beat it. So just throwing that out there, John. Dadgum, that shut him up, didn't it? I, I was I was taking a drink. I expect Derek to embellish yeah, we, a little we, bit. We <laughs> heard you. We heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Uh, yeah. Oh, you needed it. You needed it. You needed a well, drink after that. What's, what's, so. what's nice? Yeah, you needed a like, drink after that. Didn't sounded, you? Oh God, he's sounded, right. Oh. It, it sounded like you were drinking out of a sissy stick too. Was you drinking out of a straw? <laughs> I, I don't. I try to avoid straws. They contaminate the world, and we need that plastic to continue to produce the Corvettes. Viper used space age advanced composites when it came to market in 1992. The Corvette was still, you know, like chopped fiberglass or something but <laughs> Derek's thinking was it was it really was it really <laughs> uh, uh, around a steel frame not even an advanced aluminum substructure like the Viper had so, in it, it came to market 25 horsepower ahead of what's the your Corvette point ZR1 you inch a little when you drive them how much did the Viper cost uh, $56,000 uh, Let's see okay. here. In the Corvette, if I'm remembering, the window sticker on our 90 ZR1 is $29,000. Oh, and a $32,000 engine option. The Viper knew what you wanted, and it <laughs> it came with one engine. Yeah, a V10 that sounds like a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and if I remember right, John, how... How how many years did it take for you got your your dad to get the Viper that he wanted? Two. It, and oh, they copied okay. the freaking Corvette from the sixties. 
You know, did, didn't the, the original Vipers have uh, side pipes on them or something now, like they that? copied the Cobra because Shelby was involved with the development of the Viper. And it had the unique thing. It was the last true Roadster ever built in America with its removable side curtains, its lack of door handles, its zippered side windows. Yes, it screams security in downtown New York City or Chicago or Gadsden. <laughs> a, a, a true Roadster had... And I mean, as he as he keeps saying this, it it really adds up that fifty four thousand dollar mark was it on the price to get no windows and no top and no door handles <laughs> and what what was the fifty four thousand for? I thought I thought a true roadster had a bolt on windshield as well. So how could it be considered a true roadster if it didn't have a bolt on windshield? I think if you actually got into the Viper subassembly, the windshield did bolt on kind of a little bit like the old MGs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to say nothing else. <laughs> we copied an MG. <laughs> Federal safety what? <laughs> so essentially a Viper is an, a larger MG with a V10? No, it's a Cobra with a V10. A cobra with with m with an mg frame. <laughs> MGs, I believe, are a unibody. Uh, At least B's and A. Uh, yeah, they were. You're I'll right. be honest. If they do come out with the Viper, which John don't think they will, and I, I really, I, I have not uh, read anything really about it yet, so I don't, I haven't really developed an opinion. Um, but if they do bring it back and they put a V8 in it, it, in my opinion, it will be a better car. Well, the defense that uh, FCA, Fiat Chrysler of America, is using, and it's very defendable. You know, one of the reasons they say the Viper went away is we have these Hellcat and Demon Challengers that are putting out more horsepower with their V8s than the Viper would or did with its V10. They do sound better than the V10. The V10 has an interesting exhaust note, but then remember the, the Lamborghini Gallardo, the Lamborghini Huracan, the Audi R8. They've all figured out how to make the V10 sound pretty good. But, you know, they're going to st stick the V8 in it. They said they couldn't do it with the Viper because the engine's too tall and just just the way that, that architecture works. But, you know, the new Viper will be a completely new new body it won't carry over anything it won't be built off of you know in 92 it was a fresh sheet of paper when it came back again and whatever it was 08 or 09 it was basically a revamped mercedes so th i think the next one would be a clean sheet of paper redesign i think the true reason it's been pulled from the market and it is taking this one or two year break from the market they said is it did not accommodate the side curtain airbags from the you know an overhead type situation for a side impact, which is very believable. You know, Derek joked earlier about safety guidelines and that, and unfortunately, safety is dictated to the way that a lot of cars have come. But you know, maybe the Viper will come back, maybe it won't. Uh, a lot of my friends have went out and purchased final model year Vipers, you know, Viper whatever they are, one eighteens or one five eights, and you know, there's all these special editions. I think every Viper is a special edition anymore. Uh, you know, they only made, what, 12 of them a year or something? <laughs> so it was, you know, it was an interesting car. It's a halo car. It's got to come back. 
And that's kind of leads us really into what the, the true topic is. This isn't a Viper better than Corvette conversation. It's co- nameplates that have been brought back to life. And, and, you know, since we're on this halo car, you know, the Corvette's always been there for General Motors, as Derek pointed out. And it's a great car. I, to be honest, I am a Corvette fan. At some point in my life, my girlfriend will kill me for saying I will have a Corvette. You know, my first car was almost a Corvette. I made a stupid mistake 25 years ago, I think it was, and didn't really try to pursue buying a, a big block Corvette convertible. And at some point, I think I will I will see me in a Corvette or at least have one in the garage for fun. So they're they're a good car. But the other company, you know, the other American company, or really there's only two of them anymore, you know, Ford brought back the GT nameplate. Did it in 05 and 06 and did a hell of a job with that car with the retro styling. And I'm not a big retro styling guy, but I think the Ford GT of 05 and 06 paid homage to the cars. And then, of course, now we have the new Ford GT, which is okay, in my opinion. Horrible, horrible marketing and sales strategy on Ford's part. But I think I think Derek's topic was to discuss the nameplates that have come back. 0506 Ford GT, great car, even though, you know, V8, uh, supercharged, little bit of tuning, 800 horsepower, new car, and I don't know if it's quite as cool in its styling. It does have some of the new, I think, exotic car styling. V6, eh, but that's the way motors are going. Twin turbocharged, not a big fan, hated the marketing plan. So there's my my first retro comeback car. Uh, you guys have any says, or do you want to jump onto another car? Well, let me throw this because it's not, I don't want to just talk about, you know, oh, this car came back. Here's what they did. But I want to, I want to throw out our thoughts on these things too, and, and go really deeper. Like with, with the Ford GT. Okay. Oh, five, oh, six, they bring out the retro style. Uh, GT, and then now they bring out the essentially supercar GT. I mean, let's say it. I mean, it's not. It's nothing more than a, a supercar that they really built to take out and race against the you know the Corvette uh, race, you know Corvette racing, and and the other different race teams that are out there running in those classes. And but I want to get to the discussion of not only maybe the engines, but the styling and how we feel about that. The Let's say the heritage of these vehicles, okay? Because the retro GT, the, the 0506 GT, I knew some guys that worked on that project at Ford, uh, some of the engineers. You know, I, I kind of got some behind-the-scenes stories out of it and, and some of the stuff that they were really trying to do with that car and really paying tribute to what had been done in you know the 60s now clearly the new gt doesn't really have that connection other than the name i appreciated what was done in 05 and 06 that was incredible um you know the heritage building that car the way they did an amazing job as john as you say the the new one here i mean is it really should it carry the gt name badge because is it really that heritage? And, you know, I'm going to throw out another car because, as everyone knows, I owned a GTO when I was younger. I owned one of the 1974s, the last year they built them. 
you know, the year uh, that a lot of people didn't care for because they ran it on the, you know, Nova Ventura body platform, the X body. And a lot of people didn't like that. I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, all the GTOs that they did were really cool cars for the muscle car era. And then GM makes this big announcement. Pontiac division is going to bring the GTO back. They had a really cool, uh, kind of retro, kind of futuristic, you know, um, dream car, a concept car, whatever you want to call it at the auto show in 2000 oh what year was that because i actually went that year 2002 2003 somewhere in there um i would have to look it up to be exact but they had a really cool concept out there and i was kind of like man this could actually go somewhere and then what does pontiac do they bring the holden monero over and they put a corvette engine in it now okay it's corvette engine good horsepower it's it's you know highly engineered i get it but that's not a gto that is not what pontiac did with the gto back in the 60s and 70s it's it's just not what the gto name stood for in the pontiac line and it lasted for two years or a few years, but oh, what, oh, five, six. It was just two years, wasn't it, if I recall correctly? Now I don't even remember because I hated it so much I stopped paying attention to it. Um, I think it was oh four, oh five, and oh six, so three model years. Okay, oh four, oh five, oh six, somewhere in there. Um, but heritage-wise and really – the when they make a big deal about bringing one of these cars back and not keeping with especially with something like the gto that was a that was a car for every everybody i mean that was something you could go out and obtain as a muscle car in the 60s the gt wasn't quite that way and obviously you know not everybody can obtain a gt for gt um even today but the the customer base that owned the GTO in the 60s and 70s, they're still around. And there was some hype built up around that car, especially with the customer base that used to have the GTO. And when it came out, it wasn't anything what it had been. It w- And I know times change and, and we get into modern standards, but don't just rebadge a car and call it something else. That's that's one of my big things. You know, but you know, and John, maybe I mean you're a Viper guy. I mean, I know you like Vipers. Your your family has Viper. If if the Viper came out and it was just merely a rebadged car that they changed some body panels on to make it look a little cooler, I mean, does that carry on what a, a reintroduction of that car should be? To me, the reincarnation of the Viper that's already happened was basically a rebodied Mercedes anyway. And, you know, that's just part of the Daimler-Chrysler merger of Chrysler, or, of, or that happened, not of Chrysler. But 
I, I understand what you're saying, and I kind of want to be quiet for a minute and let Will have a say, but I'll go a little bit with what you said. Everybody was excited about the GTO and it coming back, and then it flops, and GM goes, guess nobody wanted it. We were right. So it hurts the next idea that comes along, whether it be an El Camino or a Ranchero with Ford or you know anything to come back. We don't want this retro stuff. Well, what GM has done is, oh, we're bringing back the GTO, and this is what we're going to introduce. And then they change everything at the last minute, and it destroys the car because bean counters control the industry. I was just having a conversation on Bob Lutz's new book, and it he really said, you know, this is the way, you know, Harley Earl was and Bill Mitchell. They had free reign. They could do any damn thing they wanted when they designed a car. Lutz refers to, I think it was Mitchell, they wanted this exhaust sound. They wanted it to sound like an exotic, you know, a Ferrari. So they flew to Italy and bought a Ferrari motor, you know, a 12-cylinder, came back and put it in a Firebird. And that's the exhaust sound they wanted. They could do that. And then in the 70s, the accountants took over and the bean counters took over. And they started to say, oh, we can do this and we can do that. And we can take this part and we can take this part and we can build this car. And so what if people don't want them? They'll buy them and then they'll buy something else. They forgot about the brand loyalty and we don't have brand loyalty anymore. He refers to a, a camshaft issue with some car that General Motors made in the the camshaft would break and they would have to put a new camshaft and it was replaced and replaced and replaced and it was never under warranty. It was never a recall and the bean counters took over and finally somebody at General Motors, and I can't remember if it was Lutz himself or whatever, said, no, we're going to fix this. Fix the, cam- you know, excuse me, fix the damn camshaft so that this problem doesn't occur. So they re-engineered the camshaft and then the replacement parts went out that didn't break and the accountant said, great, you cost $50 million a year in parts. Because this is how many, you know, this is what we were selling. But they forgot that the guy that's driving this car isn't going to buy another General Motors product because the camshaft keeps breaking in it. And once it's paid off or he's at a point that he's no longer upside down, and that's what ruins, I think, the, the GTO nameplate when it comes back. Uh, Ford kind of, sorry, Will, I'm going to go on with another car. You need just to sh- jump in. But, you know, say <laughs> Ford... Yeah, you know, Ford kind, Ford kind, kind, yeah, Ford kind of got it right with the Thunderbird. They knew the demographic they wanted. They wanted the guys that had the Thunderbird, remembered the Thunderbird, couldn't afford the Thunderbird. No, it wasn't a great car. It was a rebadged uh, Lincoln MKS or something. Uh, LS, okay, with you know two seats, but it was a decent car. It sold to the target market. Ford knew they were only going to sell it for two or three years. You know, everything was bean counter design, but they kind of got that car right because they gave us what they promised and they gave us what we remembered. The GTO didn't. They gave us something that looked like every other Pontiac in the lineup. And they almost got it right. You know, it's kind of the Fiero syndrome. They almost got it right with the G8. And the G8 came out. That was a hell of a car. You know, we talked about it in the last episode, and you know, all three of us got excited when Derek found one for what sixty five hundred bucks or something, and we're all ready to hop in the car and go buy it. You know, we did find out it was a six cylinder, so eh, but you know, they almost got that car right. But unfortunately, Pontiac was dead by then. You know, we were in this recession, and some car companies went away. So, not to skew the topic, but there's my tirade about you know, kind of why these retro cars don't work. Um, 
but here's Will my big one up before. Them. No, no, no. Here, here's my problem because you just brought up, you know, the GTO not delivering what it had promised. And I don't know if you guys remember what the concept car looked like. Go back and look at the concept car from for the GTO. And I'll even look. Okay, it was 1999. That's when it was actually concept at the, I saw it at the Detroit Auto Show. And you cannot sit here and tell me that that car did not become the new retro Camaro. It's exactly what it is. And that's another place, that is another place where GM screwed up. And they realized they, like you said, John, they did this bean counter thing with the the GTO, changed it all up, Holden Monero, Corvette engine, just put something together and get it out there. It flops. They realize it's a flop. And then they go back and say, at least this is my opinion on it and what I see. They go back and look at the GTO issues and then go, well, let's bring the Camaro out and let's bring that really cool Pontiac GTO concept into the Chevy line and make it the Camaro. Uh, it looks a lot like the, the Camaro. So, I mean, uh, I can't argue with you on that. And and it's quite possible that, you know, that's what they did. And it, it's, it's fun. It's funny that, that that's the way the, these car companies work. If you want, you know, if you want us, you know, to, to, to buy cars, you need to give us something with passion um, and kind of listen to what we want. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that maybe the two-door sport coupes out. Um, my girlfriend and I just spent last six weeks trying to figure out what two-door sports car she would get to replace her her car. She was involved in an accident, got totaled, and she wanted to get a sports car. It was an appropriate time for her to. And we just couldn't find anything. And, you know, she kind of said, well, what would you buy if you could buy anything out there? To be honest... Even when I bought my SHO six months ago, five months ago, whatever it was, I'm not excited about anything on the market. I'm happy with my SHO, but did I crave and long and I had to go out and buy it? No. And even the SHO is a revamped nameplate. I mean, they brought out, they had the SHO, we all remember, and hell, they've been on Bring a Trailer for almost every day for the last three or four weeks, these 90, 91, 95 SHOs, and that nameplate eventually went away and came back in 2010 and no the sho today is not the pocket rocket five speed sports car it was in 1990 with the yamaha v6 it's still a fun car it's a hell of a lot better than any cars out there but you know car that died this year was the chevy ss that was a hell of a car you know ls motor v8 big four-door sedan why couldn't that car make it when dodge doesn't seem to have a problem selling their what is it now, 10-year-old? Because I don't count the re- body refresh as a redesign of the Chrysler 300 or the Charger. You know, that was just a body refresh. They've been selling those cars since, what, 07 or 08? They don't have a problem. I'll tell you I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Did you ever go look at a Chevy SS and look at the sticker on the thing? Forty grand. I mean, good Lord, they didn't have a lower-optioned one. You had to get one with the freaking ass scratcher, you know? If they would have made one that was a lower optioned car that was, you know, at least, you know, 30, 
four to $38,000, they would have sold the crap out of those things. But we're, you know, I, I guess I'm arguing you take an SRT eight, it's 40 grand all day long. Yes. It had to have a lower, lower price version to maybe help justify building the car. And the Taurus has that too, but I think the sticker on my Taurus was 42 or 43, you know, it, so 40 grand, just to be honest, just, you got to have 40 grand to kind of get any car. But the problem with the, the SS is it was badge engineered. It, it looked like every other Chevy on the market. Same. So, you know, it, it, that's a big problem with the Taurus SHO too, is it you really, I drive an SHO and it, I have a hard to, time telling SHOs apart from regular Taurus. So, yeah, to, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, to me right now, the, the worst car or badge that was dropped and then came back has to be the dart. Mm -hmm. I mean, God guys, all you did was put a dart emblem on a freaking neon, you know? I mean, dude, I get it. A dart back in the day could have been, it could have been a hot rod. It could have been an economy car. Yeah. With whatever option you got, you got a slant six and a, and a in a four speed, yeah, it, it could have been a kind of an economy car, but I mean, I don't really keep up with them. I don't even know if they offer a little hopped up Dart, you know, to compete with a Civic Si or something like that. But a Dart should not be competing with a freaking Civic anyway, in my opinion. Um, is the Dart a good car? The new Dart, I, I, apparently, it is. They sell the crap out of them. Um, Actually, they've discontinued it again. Well, there you go. There you go. See, but I will disagree. I'm going to disagree with you on that. The Dart, the Dart before was an economy car that had a performance version available. The Dart that was sold, what was it, 14 to 17, I think it was, or 13 to 17, was an economy car, and it did have a performance version. It was, you know, but it was also a, a rebadged either Fiat or Alpha, and it just it never kind of found its home because everybody remembers the Dart as a performance car even though it really was more, to me, a econo box. And if Civics would have been on the market when the Dart was sold, it probably would have been a competitor. But, you know, we're talking 60s to 70s there. Honda really didn't, you know, uh, 600 Honda from 1965 or 66, absolutely no match for the Dart. But, you know, you put that in the trunk of the Dart. But I, don't, I, think, I think with the Dart nameplate, it, it was an appropriate thing, but it was, again... I think most people, well, maybe I haven't said it much on the podcast. I'm not a big Fiat Chrysler of America fan. I am a fan of the old Mopars and that pre-Daimler Chrysler merger stuff. And Fiat seems to be doing whatever they can to sell Chryslers based on their heritage. And that's why we have the, you know, the SRT lines. That's why we have, you know, I think that's why we had the problem with the Vipers. It started to infringe on, it started to get to a point it affected used Ferrari sales. Now, Ferrari has been spun off from Fiat. They're different companies again. But I think at one point they saw that as e eating into the used Ferrari market. The, but bringing the Dart name ba ba badge back, you know, they kind of did the same thing with the Fiat. Is it the 2000 or whatever their little rebodied Miata thing is? It, you know, I don't even think their, their 500 is that great of a car. That's just personal. At some point, we'll really get into my hatred of Fiat. But... At this point, I don't need to get sued. So, I don't. I don't really mind these, whatever rebody, you know, 
whatever and put a nameplate on it. it. It doesn't really, it doesn't honestly really bother me. Um, you know, when, when they came back out with the, with the Camaro, you know, I mean, and it kind of supposed to resemble a 69 Camaro or, or the first gen Camaros. And, you know, it, you, know, you hear a lot of people hate it. And a lot of people love it. You know, it wouldn't have hurt my feelings if they had come up with some totally new platform and everything was changed. If it was a rebodied whatever, you know, if it's a good car, it's a good car. Uh, I don't think the Dart failed because they took the name Dart and stuck it on a neon. You know, um, I, I think it, it just it wasn't a car that sold. Um, and the the GTO's a, a, another, you know, another one. It, you know, they could have put any name badge they wanted on it, and it still would have only been been there for three years. Um, it sucks they've used the name GTO and it didn't live up to the hype that it was supposed to be. Um, but man, I, you know, they're just trying to. I, I don't I don't really understand what they're trying to do, honestly. You know, um, if you come up with a new car and give something the same name as something in the past, then it's just it's just different. You know, it's it's never going to be the same, whether it's designed after it, whether it's got, you know, a, a new Hemi in it or an old Hemi in it. I mean, it's it's nothing's the same anyway. So what does it honestly really matter? Not a good example of that. And I don't think a lot of people think about it. Is the Impala? You know that nameplate was had gone away. It was brought back in '95 and '96 on really a hell of a Caprice. I mean that is what the Impala. To me, that's what I remember. You know, uh, just you know this big Impala SS, a lot of horsepower, big fast car. Then it goes away for a few more years, and the Impala anymore. It's it's a four door kind of car. Hell, they even you know kind of made that little wagon thing. And yes, I understand in the '60s they made Impala wagons and whatever they call them. Uh, but you know, there's another nameplate that's been brought back to try to get us to remember our youth and have fun. And no, it's not that. You know, again, I, I, my idea when I think of an Impala is a 60 bubble top or a 6.4 from Dr. Dre videos. You know, it's these big, long, intimidating, imposing cars, evil looking. The, the, the new one, I, I don't know if I could pick out of a stoplight. Okay. Okay. Here you go. So you just, something just clicked in my mind here because you brought up the, the idea of the station wagon Impalas and, you know, all the old station wagons we remember and bringing names back. What is, and you know, I'm doing this just for devil's advocate, whatever you want to call it, but for sake of the conversation, where is the yeah, you know, what uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, so we have something like the Impala or the GTO or something. I mean, the Impala, as you said, John, it comes back kind of in a, a heritage way where it's a family sedan with a big engine, things like that. Uh, but like the GTO doesn't come back the same as the heritage would lead you to believe it would. But yet when you get into, and, and what I'm thinking here is the Suburban nameplate, the Chevrolet Suburban. 
that was a nameplate from long ago that came back and it's the same freaking vehicle just updated it's a truck with a big station wagon body on it and you could carry a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of stuff in it they don't monkey around with that okay they slap a cadillac name badge on it sometimes and call it whatever they called the cadillac version of it um escalate no god what was that Uh, escalate thank you yeah uh yeah and you know i mean but so if you do it with your truck line and you stick with the same thing, why can't you do it with the the car line and you know keep that idea of the brand heritage and the brand loyalty going? But I don't think the Suburban ever went away. Oh yeah, yeah, they didn't make the Suburban for quite a while. When 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 was that? Oh, uh, the last sub of the first suburbans were built in the what early thirties. I thought they made it to the forties. I want to say they took the fifties off from the suburbans and kind of brought it back in the sixties, but I don't think a suburban came back. I know it was, I know they were back in 65 because um, a buddy might just bought well, one. Yes, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, they were, but I'm saying I, Actually, I don't the remember might- them. In the pre-war forties, either they might not have they might not have been called suburbans, but they had these they called carryalls or something like that. Is basically a suburban with well with no there was no the glass, with no glass in the back. Yeah, there was the carryall, but the the suburban started. Now, according to uh, a couple of internet sources, the suburban has been produced nonstop. It's the longest nonstop product vehicle, nineteen thirty-five to present. All right, that's kind of what I was thinking. Wow, I could have. I could have swore they didn't make them. You know, I could have swore they didn't build them, but mm, I missed that. I guess we'll just have to edit that edit that section. No, out. no, no. We get to we get to keep it because we, yeah, we only we only edit out when John's proved wrong because <laughs> John edits. All right. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, scratch that theory. Well, hey, they they have a Corvette museum. Why don't you start a suburban museum? Since it's been produced longer than the Corvette, that's yeah, true. Suburban yeah. gold business opportunity. The, the what is that? The NSRS, the National Suburban Restorer Society. Ooh, I like <laughs> it. You don't have the right like chalk it. mark on that firewall. Right. I think the topic we had, we had an intention and a direction we wanted to go, and we really strayed. But I think we have, we've actually. I, I want to hear some social media feedback on this. You guys need to get on our Facebook and find find this episode that's posted. It's going to be episode forty seven, and tell us what we did wrong. Bring that and tell us what we remember from your past. You know this this sounds like a really good you know, conversation. We're, this episode we're going to crest five thousand lists or uh, downloads, and we're going to have you know it's we're picking up some steam here. We've got a lot of listeners. Let's get some get some feedback from you guys and tell us what nameplate do you remember it? You know that was brought back or forgotten. I mean. You know, we can go back. I can, you know, we, we had the, the chargers and then in 
81. I know my family had an 81 Dodge Charger 2.2, which was a nothing more than an 024 Omni that had the Charger name plate on it. And because it's nostalgic to me, yeah, it's a cool car, but it, it, it was no Charger. Uh, maybe the Shelby version of it was a little bit closer, but it's not the, the 68, 69, 70, you know, muscle car charger we remember. But hell, the Mustang too, you know, you could say that went away, but fill us in on some of that, guys. Let, let us know what we're doing wrong here. Now that we've forgotten about, I tried to, well, I didn't say we were done ranting. I was just trying to take us away so people would uh, forget Derek's error uh, on the Suburban. Oh, I reminded everybody again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eh, we all mess up once in a while. Hey, you know what? We're all human. That's all I got to say. And you know what? Next time I talk about Suburbans, guess what? I know they've been built since 1935, and they're the longest running nameplate for Chevrolet and probably for any American-built automobile. So there you go. Learn something new. Well, not really new, but probably refreshed my memory on why I forgot the, you know, 1940s and 50s Suburbans just don't come to mind because they weren't that good looking. Yeah, I'd rather have the the late 60s, you know, the C10 look, 67, 68, 69. That's a good looking Suburban. Dude, the best looking. Yeah, well, I mean, if I was going best looking, 66. if I was going best looking, to be the thirty-five. Come on, it's sweet. Which one of those sixties ones would my girlfriend not drive because it's asymmetrical? Because it has three doors. That would be <laughs> that would be the sixty-seven through seventy-two. Yeah. Yeah. I believe she yeah. gives me crap all the yeah. time about my Velocitor and it being three doors, and, she, and that's why she won't drive it. It's an asymmetrical car. So I started picking on her about the pacer because it is also asymmetrical if you didn't know that. But the passenger door is four inches longer than the driver's door. But now that we've taken a little bit of break, how do we talk about retro nameplates in the future? I know a couple of those were brought up, ones that are coming back in the, the near future. And where do we think or do we think they should go? Well, I know the Ford Ranger and Ford Bronco are supposedly bring coming back soon. Hopefully. Ford will do those correctly and stay with, especially on the Ranger end of things, because when Ford got rid of the Ranger, they, I mean, they made a big mistake, I think, because I don't think I've ever met someone so loyal to a vehicle as a Ford Ranger owner. All of the people that I know that own Ford Rangers, when the, when Ford discontinued that vehicle, they were at a complete loss for what their next vehicle was going to be. I mean, that's, that is brand loyal. That is just amazing that you would have people out there saying, uh, what do I do? What am I, I've always owned a Ford Ranger. What am I supposed to do? That's, I, I Which 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 blows my mind because an eighty four five six whatever Ford Ranger, holy crap! What a turd. They were they were lousy trucks, but they were they did what they needed to do. They were you know they 
no offense to the GM people, the S10s made hellacious mini trucks. They were easy to lower. They were easy to customize, but they were disposable. They were built disposable. For some reason, the Ford Ranger stuck around. And it's amazing. And I was going to say, other than the Nissan hard body trucks, I can't believe the number of Ford Rangers that are still out there. And like Derek says, I hope they get this thing right. I was reading it. There's a bring trailer auction on a Dodge Rampage. And the Dodge Rampage, the Subaru Brat, those those type vehicles are exactly what 90% of us need. You know, Will needs a truck. Will needs a 3500 Dually Crew Cab because he pulls a, what, three-foot trailer. I need a Ford Ranger. I need a S10. I need that mini truck. You know, the Dakota, as great as it was when it came out in 87, screwed up the truck landscape. Went, oh, we went a little bit bigger. And then everybody got as big as the Dakota. We need a truck out there. It needs to be twenty dollars to $25,000 base price. And get some sort of reasonable gas mileage. I mean, right now you can go out and buy a Colorado or you can buy a uh, Silverado. You're going to pay about the same amount of money. You're going to get about the same gas mileage, but you're going to get a slightly smaller truck. So it only makes sense to buy the bigger one. But let's get something, again, that's priced appropriately, that you know has a little bit of towing. Maybe I can take my jet ski to the lake, provided I was a jet ski lake person. And that I can go to Home Depot on the weekend and pick up 15 bags of mulch and bring it home. Or I can go get you know a table saw or something from my bush shop. We just need this little utilitarian truck. We don't need these big, massive behemoths that trucks have become. I mean, I, I'm a Ford F-150 fan, and I, like, I almost bought an F-150. That's what I went out to buy when I bought my Taurus. And then my Taurus had to go in for service, and I was given an F-150 as a loaner, one of the new uh, 2017s. And it's amazing to me how much bigger they, they, they built a truck to feel big. I mean, dimensionally, it's the same size as my 2012 that I had. But they built it to feel bigger and intimidating, and we don't need that. I want my small, I want my small nimble pickup. Preferably. <laughs> oh, now wait, wait, John. Give me the I want to go back because biggest. All right, fine. Go ahead, Will. I want the biggest, baddest truck there is. I'm all for making them look bigger and feel bigger and making you feel like you're the king of the road. I mean, you hop in that, that dually of ours and, you know, you feel like you're in something, you know, and, and I, you got room, you know, you can put your freaking elbow on the armrest and it don't hit the guys next to you. You, you can put three full size dudes in the back seat and, and go to lunch. You know, I, I, I mean, I've never been, I've owned one mini truck in my whole life. Hey, and well, it was a 98 S10. Why? I've heard there's a reason why guys need really big trucks like that. Well, I'm not into 40. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I leave my toe mirror. I leave my toe mirrors out all the time too. All right, just to let everybody I've, I've know heard that. that about you. With my with with my with my you know 10 inches of lift and my American Force wheels, <laughs> you know. Uh. <laughs> you know, John John mentioned oh. something earlier about going to the Dodge Rampage. Um, just going to say that's a vehicle that never needs to come back either is the Dodge Rampage. Hopefully you guys remember that because the Dodge Rampage is one of my favorite mini trucks. I've, I don't own many cars more than once. The oh. Rampage is one of those. It Again, well, you know, you put a washer and dryer in the back of it. And the nice thing, the lift up, it's only got 12, you know, you only got to lift the thing up 12 inches to put it in the bed. You know, I need a damn, you know, hell, Ford puts ladders on their tailgates now because the trucks are so tall. I mean, and, and 
the the truck we posted on Facebook this week from Big Oak Garage, when that truck was new, you didn't need a ladder to get into the bed. You could get in the bed. And then right around in the back when you were cruising Maine, just re- reflect back on last weekend's episode or last week's episode. But no. the Rampage was its own thing. I would settle for an El Camino. We all did, you know, the El Camino, the little unibody things. And shout out to Smith Performance because you can build your own now out of a Charger, an Audi, or a Volkswagen. Now, I'm just going to say this, but I just googled dodge rampage just for the heck of it i didn't realize there was a modern concept out of it from dodge i hope they don't bring it back it's the second time there's been a concept and for me to bring it up again bring a trailer just sold one today i believe for 65 if not 7500 dollars an original sticker price was 8200 dollars on that truck because they had had that on there too really really nice four-speed rampage there's no such thing I mean, that thing's terrible. I'm sorry, John, but wow. That's, that's, that's just, I mean, I I, I don't, I don't even know what to say about them. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a pitiful excuse for an El Camino. It fit the era, but one, I'll, I'll admit, there was one one comment on the Bring a Trailer auction, and a guy was a Dodge dealer in the early 80s or owned a Dodge dealership, and he said those were unsellable. <laughs> one of the few cars. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Look, look at them. Look at them. Can't em. imagine why. They weren't even good looking when they were new. And nothing was good looking when... That that you know those year model of cars hardly anything. You sure as hell ain't gonna go pick out one of them I, I'm ugly lo- things. I'm looking at how all our it episodes just, go full circle, and we started. I was just looking at Will. He John wasn't good looking when he was new and either. Here we are at sixty minutes, and I'm taking it again on the rampage. Now, just that—that's <laughs> what I need. I need a rampage tow vehicle for my Viper. Sorry, I just I just threw up a little in my mouth. Something is wrong with you, John Viviani. I mean, something is really <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> oh, you can work on it with your pink screwdrivers too. Purple screwdrivers. Who? I do have some. I actually have a set of those. They're off. quite nice. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. We'll just sent sent some sort of. Te- Nothing wrong with purple. <laughs> Man, if this, we will was, put a, that if this on was a, a video podcast, on, on, this on, little on section would just went viral. That will just send. Okay. That <laughs> <for it>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it this way. I'm going. I'm just going to do a visual for everybody. If you were to mix John Viviani and Joe Dirt, this is what you would have. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's for some reason I don't want an insult. Oh man. 
and I'm going to fess up to everybody. I have this thing with Verde Green. And the last Rampage, I seriously looked at buying. And believe it or not, I've had three chances of buying this truck. And it's in Nebraska. And it's got the Shelby body kit on it, the Aero kit. And it's painted a Verde Green. I'll put that picture up, too, of the Rampage. I may as well, if, if, if I'm going to get it, I may as well just get it. And maybe, like I said, you guys will comment on social media and tell me how right I am. Because we've already had this discussion. I think at this point, you just you just got to go buy it, John. I mean, after this conversation, yeah, just get it. I'm not sure it's still for sale, but it's at one of those buy here, pay here lots, so I'm sure it'll get repossessed and come back up. So, hey, just FYI, um, this uh, '84 Dodge Rampage that I just sent y'all the pictures of was actually on a for sale ad uh, on uh, collectorcarads.com. It was listed at 15 grand and it says sold. Hey, what did I tell you? Well, probably I'm wow. gonna, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the beating here. It probably had a really beefed up Chevrolet motor in it that was probably worth <laughs> probably worth about 20, 23 grand. <laughs> no, actually, actually, it does have a 500 cubic inch big block Mopar, um, 510 lift, Illumicoated hooker competition headers, uh, 10 and a half to one JE pistons, Art Marson ladder bar setup. Good Lord, what a waste of a bunch of good parts. Um, Powder-coated D50 frame, disc brakes on the front. Um, then again, he wants to trade for a Mustang Fastback, so there Ooh, you go. buddy. <laughs> oh, man. We might get a little hate, uh, a little hate Facebook after this one. I don't think you will ever get people that blame you for hating the, the Rampage. <laughs> all right all but right like if, that, that, that 500 cubic inch mopar motor is probably worth that 15 if, if i mean i'd rather have a i'd rather have a brat than a freaking rampage as somebody now with a subaru in their driveway not my car girlfriend's car which i guess i should have said that's something else we did this week went out we did actually complete the transaction and got a brz the girlfriend bought a brz this week so, but as somebody with a Subaru in the driveway, I respect Subarus. I've had two owned by girlfriends in the past. A Subaru XT, which don't Google or otherwise we're going to go down the rampage road again. And then the BRZ. So, I mean, at least with a brat, you get all wheel drive and you can at least strap the person you don't like in the back, you know. I mean, and you got and you got those cool little pop up t tops. <laughs> uh, anyway, Derek, what was you going to say? Well, I was going to say if John wants to see the rampage come back, what does Will want to see come back as the next, you know, rebirth of a car? But maybe he wants the Subaru Brat. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's funny you mention that because I've been kind of thinking about that. Um, being that I'm a, a two-door 
SUV fan. I have a two-door K5 Blazer. Uh, I just bought a 96 two-door Tahoe. I would like to see the two-door SUVs make a comeback. Well, the Bronco. You know, like the Blazer. talking about bringing the Bronco back. Two-door yeah, General but, Motors SUVs. Yeah, but I'm just, man, I'm not a, I'm not a Bronco guy, you know. Um, 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 I, yeah, and, and nothing, nothing against the Bronco. I think they're great vehicles. They've, you know, uh, from the, the little small first series Broncos. Now the Bronco too. Eh, uh, and then when they went, when they went back to the, the OJ Bronco, um, I like those. Um, but I'm, I'm a two wheel drive. I'm more of a two-wheel drive guy than a four-wheel drive guy. I guess that's why the Bronco never really uh, appeared to me. Um, appealed, not appeared. Um, well, it might not have appeared to you and, either. I mean, to, if it never came out in front yeah, of you. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, you know, they looked, um, they looked heavy, and the way the door shut – on those 80 model Ford trucks. I just, I can't get over that sound of it sounding like a tin can when you shut mm-hmm. the door. So, you know, um, never really been a, a, a huge late model Ford person. You know, when it comes to early Fords, I, I, I love early Fords. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about, the Bronco that has never really done a lot for me. So Derek, what's your fantasy car to come back? The Suburban? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the Chrysler Suburban. Yeah, the Chrysler had a Suburban there for a little while too. Or Dodge. True, true. See, that's what I was thinking about. That's earlier. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. So, 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 so you got you got confused between GM and Chrysler, and well, you see, run Corvette that Corvette thinks of themselves as their own nameplate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh Lord. Well, it's been nice co-hosting the podcast with you guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, what what car would I want to see come Uh, back? Oh man, the Stanley Steamer. No, I was that was going to be my qualification. It has to be car with a current manufacturer. Ah, current manufacturer. Come on! All of a sudden, we can't have the Stutz Bearcat show up. I was going to say the Mercer Race about man. But of course, that's kind of what the Corvette is nowadays, anyway. So, well, I was kind of thinking the Cadillac uh, XLR because it helped justify the Corvette production assembly. Oh yeah, there you go, there you go, there you go. Um, Come on, you came up with the question. Okay, that it's doesn't mean nice I have to answer it. Oh, if Ford, Ford, Ford's still around. Can I say the Model T? Well, no. if we remember, Ford Before. tried to bring the Model T back for their 100th anniversary and somehow couldn't figure out how to. <laughs> they did an anniversary of it. It was a limited run. Okay, just let it go. 
So they did bring it back, and the problems with that is... Uh, it was very cost prohibited, prohibitive. Okay, um, if I had to pick something that was made by a manufacturer, that dear lord, who's playing with their microphone? I'm trying to pull. I'm trying to talk here. Will everybody just went blank? I can barely, barely hear you. Check, 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 check. Oh, all right. There we go. There sorry, we go. sorry. Right, Will had a problem. Um, boy, if I had to pick something that has gone by the wayside, it's a hard one, okay? It's a hard one. I mean, you guys picked foreign cars. I, I believe that Rampage is not well. I didn't pick foreign cars. All right, Will picked the foreign car, the Subaru. John picked the so, so we did American. So going back to our episode, uh, what what foreign car do you want no, to bring? I picked a, Audi one hundred. I picked a two well, door <laughs> Okay, uh, let's answer for Derek. Derek would bring back the GTO in a proper guise. You know, what? I got nothing. With I a, got nothing. You know, I nice LS know. power plant, a little bit I don't of even retro know what styling. I bring back. It's horrible. Okay. Well, got me. No, no, I wouldn't. No. Yeah, you've you've got me too, because I really I, I cannot think of something that would be a great comeback kid. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Probably, I'm probably jaded because, in my opinion, they keep screwing them up. So I don't want to see something come back and get messed up again. Okay, all right. Let me re- let me refresh it then. If if you could be a, a an engineer or a designer or whatever. It was totally up to you. What car would you pick to either bring back as a brand new car or retro style fit it to, you know, whatever. So you're, you're the lead man on the project. You can pick any, any company you want to go work for and bring something back. What would it be? The way you wanted it. And we need to need to wrap this up. That is a th- th- there are a lot of possibilities there. All right, just no, just just give us one. <laughs> it's still it's only at sixty minutes. Yep. But Derek, Derek's dragging dragging it out so you can delete his whole suburban screw up. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, here we go. Just because I own one, it'd be kind of cool to see something come back. And although they did just get rid of them not that long ago over in Australia, but, and they were kind of cool, the Ford Falcon. 
There we go. Okay, that would be, and I mean, yes, they just discontinued them over in Australia. And I'll tell you what, they were cool looking cars over there. I'd love to get one to the U.S. But it would be cool to see kind of a, you know, it'd be along the lines of the, you know, what Dodge should have done with the Dart, let's say. Uh, But kind of a cool retro Ford Falcon modernized. I'll, I'll go with that because that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. And then you could bring the Ranchero oh, back with Oh, that it. would be... I love the Ford Falcon Ranchero. So, you nailed it. I mean, I that agree. is... That is... That would be perfect. So, I think we all just agreed that we'd bring some kind of ute back almost. Because John yeah, wants yeah. the rampage, you you originally were on the Subaru Brat, and you kind of changed up a little. No, no, no. I was no, 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 no. I was never on the Brat. I was just comparing it to okay, the but rampage. you still think it's cool, okay? And no, 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 no. I don't. I don't think it's cool. I just said he said it was if cool. If I was going to buy something like that, it would it would be a Brat, not a rampage. Because I could stick my buddies in the back, you know, in a seat. So let me let me get that straight. A brat is cooler than a rampage. Neither one of them are cool, and, and neither All one right? of them are as cool as a Ford Ranchero. Okay, a Ford Falcon Ranchero. With that. Sorry, got to make that clear. There, yeah, not an exactly. LTD Ranchero. <laughs> Uh, all right are we done yet close it down john yeah i think we're gonna wrap this up but i do as Derek uh, kind of said and it's kind of interesting we all chose you know here we are sports car guys collector car guys hot rod guys and we all chose to bring back trucks speaking of which we need to do our trucks two episode from way back when we promised you a second episode maybe that's coming up around the corner but for tonight, I'm going to say, you know, we've bored you a little more than an hour. We'll let you guys jump off to your next podcast. Be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram. We're going to a little bit more active there. Check out the new website at nodrivinggloves.com. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram, nodrivinggloves.com, or no driving gloves, no spaces. Uh, shoot us an email, nodrivinggloves at gmail.com. Uh, give us some show topic ideas, questions, answers. Uh, tell us why the Rampage is so cool. And uh, for that, I think I'm going to prepare to go to bed and uh, get editing. Derek's made it difficult. Oh my God, are you done yet, John? I'm going to go wrap these Boston butts up. I've had smoking all day and some aluminum foil. Let them finish off about 100, 205 degrees. Should be in about an hour and a half, two hours, and then I'm going to bed. Ouch. You know, it is what it is. I'm just going to leave. And we'll, Talk we'll to see everyone if I later. Come back next week. All right. See ya. Yep.